Welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network, coming to you from the TeacherCast studios since 2011. Join us each week as we bring you the latest educational news, ed tech updates, and hottest interviews with today's most influential leaders in education. And now, for your host, Jeff Bradbury. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury, and if you are a blogger, a podcaster, an author, a speaker, or any type of educational content creator, this is the Jeff Bradbury Show. And today I have an amazing guest on. He is a good friend of mine from several Voxer groups and also the CEO COO of the Teach Better Group. That is right. I am talking to the one, the only Jeff Gargas today about how the Teach Better team came about. And my friends, let me start by saying, if you've ever had a dream to create something and it didn't go so well, and you had another dream to create something and that didn't go so well, and another dream to create something, this is that podcast for you. We talked for over an hour and he's got some great insights. We go through his website. We go through how do you build. We go through how to create a team around you. This is a great episode. And I am so thankful that Jeff sat down with me and spent some time. And speaking of time, I hope you guys have a chance right now to go on over to our website at buildyouredubrand.com. There's a lot of great things in there. Some new things that are there. And I am excited to share with you guys that I am now in the middle of writing my first book, all about branding, all about marketing, looking for topics that are going to interest you and help you build your EDU brand. We're going to be taking all of these podcasts and putting them into chapters. We're going to be having our podcast guests come on and do some co-writing on the book as well. If there are topics or chapters in there that you'd like to see in the book, please let me know. You can head over to teachercast.net, hit that contact button. We are writing this book for you to help you build your podcast, for you to build your speaker network, for you to build your presentation deck, and for you to become a better educational content creator. We want to hear from you guys because we want to make the best publication available to you guys and make it happen so that way you guys can build your EDU brand. We're, of course, looking forward to celebrating 10 years of TeacherCast coming up on July 11th, 2001. 2011, I should say. 10 years is coming up. What year is it? My goodness, it's been a long time. Um, and I'm so looking forward to having all that stuff. My guest today is an educational podcaster and the COO of the amazing Teach Better Network. I want to bring on today Mr. Jeff Gargas. Jeff, welcome to the Jeff Bradbury Show. How are you today, man? I am awesome, Jeff, man. Appreciate you having me on here. Uh, happy to just be connected and, and chatting with you, brother. It is so great to have you on. I just got done watching you for uh, 12 hours this past weekend. Um, part of the Teach Better Network. We're, of course, going to get into that. How did you build it? But uh, you are a pretty amazing dude. If I look at your, your LinkedIn profile, my friend, the first word here is entrepreneur, author, and then speaker. So, I mean podcaster didn't even make the top three T tell us a little bit about jeff gargas today it's that's a that's an interesting uh, no, uh notice there I, i'm not sure i ever thought through that um about me well first and foremost i'm a father and, and a husband uh father of two amazing kids husband to an amazing wife um but yeah and in my spare time from that I work with the teach better team uh which is something that i co-founded with chad ostrowski and uh it's 
it's the first time in, in my life where I was on, I decided that I was going to do one thing instead of 5,000. Uh, and, and focusing on one business that I, that I realized after a while, that was the reason I had done all the other things was to get me to here. So now what else can I tell you about me, man? I, I mean, that's interesting because you are one of those people that did not get started in education, correct? Yeah, actually, I'm actually a three-time college dropout. Really? Yes. How did that work out? N- not financially well. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's actually one of the reasons early on with the team where I kind of I started realizing why I had such a passion for it was because the education system – uh, I don't want to say – I don't like to say that it didn't work for me because I did well in school. I got good grades and I had an opportunity to go to, to college and everything like that. Um, but it didn't work for me in a sense of it wasn't it, – it didn't guide me to where it should have been because it guided me to where at the time society thought I was supposed to go versus actually nurturing and discovering my actual passions and, and my actual – Uh, the things that drive me and the path that I should have went on. And from that, because of that, I went off to college when I shouldn't have been going off to college. And I tried to do the college thing because that's what I was supposed to do because I was fortunate enough to have a family that could help me do that. And and it wasn't the right fit for me. So I went and I struggled. I hated it. I didn't do well at it. I skipped class a lot. I learned how to to write late withdrawal papers very, very well. Um, And then eventually uh, dropped out, went back a few years later. Dropped out again, went back a few years later and dropped out again because in the mix of all of that, I was starting businesses and trying to build and create things. Now, you made college a profession, it seems, and and somehow out of dropping out of college three times, you became a professor at Kent State. Is that right? Yeah. um, Fun story with two fun stories with that is one, while I taught at Kent State, every single one of my students had more higher education than I did. And two, at the time that Kent State was paying me a check as an adjunct professor, I owed them thousands of dollars for tuition uh, that, that I hadn't paid them. So it was a fun, fun moment. I was two, there was two different Jeff Garguses in their database. There was the student who they really didn't like. And then there was an adjunct professor that they were okay with. It was just a fun moment in my life. So, Did they have the same social security number? <laughs> they did, but for some reason it wasn't connected to the same accounts in there. It was just uh, – they no, I, I, I was a – I was an adjunct professor. I was in a uh, um, a course about the music industry, and at the time, I was running a record label. So I was I was working with the amazing Eugene. Um, uh, I'm losing his name right now, uh, and and I, I apologize for that. But uh, I was working with an incredible team at Kent State that that wanted to bring in. They wanted to get start things. There was actually already courses going about the music business, so I fell into that sort of by connections. Um, and the fact, since I was an adjunct, you can be an adjunct without having a college degree. You just have to be a professional in that industry. So it worked. So I'm, and it was I, interesting. I'm, I'm curious here because I, I don't know this about you. You said you you went to college and dropped out for starting a business. What was the what was the first business that you started? Ah, uh, see the well first the first time that I left, um, I was actually in the that was I was in the in in the um, financial world. So I was working in sales. That actually wasn't a business that I that I started. That was a, a business that I got into and found out that I liked and I was good at. And I was doing uh, sales of financial planning, insurance, uh, debt consolidation products, stuff like that. Um, and it was just it started going so well that I decided I for a moment that's what I was going to do I went that way and I did really well there for a while it's actually how I started the label was I actually left that position and used the money that I made there as a young man 
to start the record label. I uh, walked away from from pretty good pay in that position to to do that. Um, and and at, before I had gotten there, the the workload and what I was trying to do there was just so more, much more important in my mind than school was. What was the music industry like? Was it uh, hip hop? Was it classical pop? What were you, what were you producing? So I, it was, that's an interesting, that, uh, that's a fun question because I, I wrote, I played in bands. I was a, a rock guy. So I wrote, you know, I wrote, you know, rock pop type stuff. I thought for sure that I went into the label that I'd probably be producing rock bands, you know, whatever that might be, um, either, you know, alternative rock, grunge rock, whatever you want to call it. I actually ended up signing my first act was a neo soul pop group, um, uh, like with, with a funk twist to them and, uh, really just fell in love with that and bringing on a couple more acts like that. So I had a mix. I did end up having, um, a rock group with me as well, as far as a, actually two different rock groups. Um, and then another one that was like a more of a classic rock, which is young kids that rocked out classic rock, which was unbelievable. So I had kind of a very eclectic uh, group actually had to manage in a hip hop group for a uh, duo for a little while as well. So a little bit of everything, which is how I've always done with music. And so you left music and went back to college for what was the second degree you were tracing? Well, let's see. Um, I had to think back. That was a while ago. So I, I so it was when I was I had a label that I was in in school there. So was that, that was actually the second time I'd been back in school. Um, and then I dropped out because the label was doing well. Uh, and then when I went back again, it was actually so through the label, I kind of accidentally stumbled into web design. Uh, because as a label, we built all of our own website because we didn't have any money. Um, and our artists didn't have money. So I just learned how to write code and learned how to create websites. And we did that. And through one of my artists who had a connection to a city, a town here in Ohio, they reached out and said, Hey, we really like your music website. We want to redo our town's website. And he's like, Hey, this town wants us to redo their website. Do we, can we, what do you think? And I'm like, and my, he went, he was like, do you think we make a couple bucks on this thing? I'm like, no, I think we can create a business. And then so we founded a business and he was like, Hey, I don't think I want to go on that ride right now. <laughs> and I'm like, that's all right. I'll take it. And that's how I started the business and, and, and formed that into a marketing agency that I did for online marketing. Um, and that when I went back to school for there it was actually for web design, I went to school to, to go. because I was a little, more, a little bit older. I'm like, Hey, you know what? I think I'm going to go do this. I've been doing it for a while, but I know I didn't learn it the right way. So I'm going to go learn at school that business started doing well. I, I really struggled with the fact that I was sitting in a class learning things that I could learn three times faster by Googling them. And I realized, I said, you know what? It wasn't that I was young and immature. I just don't learn this way. And that's when I kind of realized, I'm like, oh, because this just wasn't, this just isn't meant for me. This isn't how I'm going to learn. This isn't where I'm going to go. And so that was the last time I kind of bowed out. It's interesting that you found that out about yourself and then made a decision on it to where many people would bang their head against the wall and say, well, I'm stuck. This is the direction I'm heading in. Yeah, I guess, I guess for me, I've always like, I, I've been really good at pivoting in the sense of like, if something doesn't work out, I just try something else. I don't know what that is necessarily. So then you go back to college for the third degree. What was the, what, where, where did well, you? I don't get any degrees. Let's be real clear about that. <laughs> I just went back again. Um, so, so, so actually, so the last, so, so the, so uh, the marketing agency's going well, I'm doing well, so we're, you know, helping support my family and I'm feeling good. And, and at that point I'm like, you know what? I don't like the fact that I never finished. It became more proud of them. Like I'm going to go back. And I actually did go back and went back online um, and was doing well and actually was enjoying it. 
um, because I was going back for the right reason in my mind. I was going back. I'm like, hey, this is something I want to accomplish, so I'm going to go back and I'm going to get it done. And then then we started Teach Better. <laughs> and and reality was we started this, and I was still doing okay, but I was just struggling to to uh, to do what I need to do. And at that moment, it was different because I was like, I made the decision then. I said, hey, I'm not putting the effort that I want into this thing, this thing being getting finishing my college degree and i kind of stop and i'm like you know what but like i don't think i need this like, that was the first time where i got to it. i'm like i don't think i actually need this i want to do it because i, I would like to finish it because it was something i started way back when it'd be great to finish and i may still one day i don't know but i realized i'm like i don't think i need this right now i don't think the world demands that i have this for what i'm trying to do with my life and i made a decision i said you know what? i'm gonna end up because all the other times i ended on bad terms i just dropped out which just so in case you're wondering when you drop out of college and then go back your transcript shows a 0.00. They don't like they don't wipe that clean. You have to go f- make it up from there. When you step when you choose to not continue, it's different because if I go back now, I go back with my you know, with all my credits in place and stuff like that. Um, and so I made that this in this time going, "Hey, you know, I'm not leaving because I don't care. I'm leaving because I can't do I can't put enough into it to make it happen and this thing has got my passion right now." And so that was seven years ago, six years ago. You know, you and I kind of crossed paths on a Voxer conversation. Our good yeah. friend Tim Cavey just was on the show, kind of put us in a room and we started to kind of hit it off here. And, you know, I always looked up to what you were doing because you are this entrepreneur. I never, ever considered myself to be. I just kind of woke up and said, hey, I'm going to make a podcast. And next thing you know, we're moving on this. Tell me a little bit about Teach Better because you you said you created this after obviously colleges and, and businesses and all these different things. Um, you, obviously, you said you have a co-founder. What was that? What was the relationship like? You guys knew each other. You had an idea. You met at a bar. H- how did this whole thing start? Yeah. So it actually goes back. So Chad Ostrowski, um is is the one who I co-founded with. Chad was actually a drummer in one of the bands that I managed. Actually, drummer in one of the rock bands that I managed. Bands a band called Sound So Loud from Canton, Ohio. Good band. Um, and you know, Chad was the one, the member in that band that did a lot of sort of the business side. So he and I had a lot of interactions in, in the band. I was managing them, so I you know built a relationship with them. Uh, after the uh, the label, you know, I, after I got to the point where I had to shut down the label. Um, I ended up coaching soccer, um, and a lot of people also don't know that Chad was actually a very good college goalie, played four years of varsity college soccer, and so when I was coaching, I actually coached down closer to where he lives. He lives about a half hour from me. Uh, I had him come over and start working with my goalies, and through that, we kind of thought formed, you know, went from like, hey, we were like used to be manager, band member, now we became friends, um, and then... I started the um, the online marketing firm, and he went off and became a teacher. And uh, a few years later, uh, he created something called the Grid Method in his classroom, and it started to show incredible results in his high needs uh, uh, urban uh, environment that he was in with his school. And other pe- teachers in his district started catching on and taking note and trying it and seeing the same results. And he actually reached out to me uh, about being about doing an ebook. He had a thought. He said, "Hey, I think." I'm getting stopped in the halls. I mean, a lot of questions, and I, I, I want, I want to share what I'm doing, but I don't, like, I don't have time to stay in the hallway, and it's too much of a concept. So, I think maybe if I put it together and put it on a site somewhere, like, that'd be good. He had kn- known that I had that I've done eBooks and stuff, so he reached out. And it was funny because at that moment, like, 
I was kind of in a mode where I was like the the market and stuff wasn't it was it was okay but it kind of plateaued and I'm like it was it was rough and I'm like I don't think I'm gonna do anything anymore like I don't think I'm I'm not starting any more business if this doesn't work I'm gonna just go get a job in the the food industry hospitality industry and I'm just gonna take that because that'll be stable and be whatever it was and he called me left me a voicemail I mess I called him afterwards I was driving home it was dark it was raining it was late at night. And I drove around for hour, like an hour, maybe an hour and a half in my neighborhood and ran and listened to him tell me about what this new way of teaching had done for him. Not just as like what it had done for his students, but also what it had done for him as a, not just a teacher, but also as a husband and a father. And, and I'm like, dude, we need, we need to meet and talk. And I remember I joked, I said, Mike, you're like Michelle Pfeiffer in Dangerous Minds. And he's like, don't ever say that to a teacher because that movie is so not true. Uh, but then I'm like, dude, like I, I told him, I said, dude, you're going to change the world. I said, that's what I said to him. I said, we have to do more than an ebook. Let's get together. So we met at a BW3s, had some wings, and we like, started laying out this idea of trying to share this idea out with the world. And, and off we went. So many of us have these stories. We want to create something. We want to start something. We're not sure where to go. And, you know, if you're out there listening and you're in that position where you have an idea, maybe you and a couple of friends have an idea and you're not quite sure. Jeff is that guy to come out and reach to. Of course, you can find him over at Teach Better. And of course, his his uh, Twitter account is Jeff Gargas, J-E-F-F-G-A-R-G-A-S. Now, Jeff, let me take you back to that. When you guys were sitting there over that bucket of wings, um, <laughs> You're, you're making business plans. You're coming up with ideas. You're writing stuff on a napkin like a bunch of lyrics. Um, you're writing contract. Like what, what, what was that first little thing, and where did the words teach better come from? Well, first off, I love that you knew that it was a bucket of wings and not like a little plate. I just want to say that. I appreciate that about you. Um, no, so uh, there's no contract sound that they, and actually Teach Better wasn't, that wasn't what it was. It was, what are we going to call this? And he's like, well, I've been calling it the grid method. Um, I bought a bunch of domains. I bought the gridmethod.com. I bought the Ostrowski method.com. I bought Ostrowski teaching.com. Like, I don't know what we're going to call this thing. Um, and so we landed like, well, the grid method, cause that's what he called it in his classroom. He said, this is what we work on. We work on our grids and this is what it was. And, um, we sat at that table thinking through like, how are we going to do this? And I'm like, well, like, you know, it was funny because it was supposed to be an ebook. We didn't write the ebook for like seven months. Um, it was the, we created an online course. I said, first thing we're going to do is we're going to start creating a bunch of content. And he's like, what, what does that mean? I'm like, well, we're going to create an online course. I said, then we're going to create a bunch of uh, blogs and videos to start sharing these ideas with people. And he's like, all right, I've never done any of that, but all right, let's do that. And I'm like, that's fine. I said, you just write a bunch of stuff down. I'll make it, I'll turn it into a blog from there, which is actually how I learned half of what I know, or probably more than half of what I know about anything in education was just taking Chad's words and, and, forming them into blog posts and then doing videos and stuff. And what I told him then is I said, look, we're going to, I said, I want to share this and we're going to give it, literally give it all away for free. And he stopped me. He's like, wait a minute, you said we were going to make some money. I said, yeah, we'll make some money down the road. I said, but I want someone to be able to come to our website, take the free course, download some stuff, ask some questions and be able to go effectively run the grid method in his or her classroom without ever paying us a dime. I said, if we do that enough with enough people, People will want to come work with us because they'll realize, hey, I can do this without them, but it'll be a lot better if I do it with Chad and Jeff, or it'll be a lot more efficient if I do that. Or I just really like these guys. I'd like to pay them the money that they deserve. And well, that's, that's, that's what we started doing. When you started doing that, what were you what 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 was paying your bills? I was running my marketing agency. Okay. So I had I had another business, which was which is, when I look back, I'm like, well, that was weird because I was literally still trying to build that thing. Um, and Chad was teaching. 
So that was what it was. We really relied on Chad's massive teacher salary is what it was. If, there's massive, there's massive if you, if you, if you're listening, you can't hear Jeff and I both just laughed. Um, but yeah, so that's what I joke on. No, we, we did it that way. Um, we started, so we, we started everything. We built a website on my, you know, my company's hosting. We, we did everything sort of like that, the, all the tools we just kind of utilized what my agency already had oh, all right. and we're, we're, we started building here. <laughs> your website. Um, yes. First platform that you used to create a website was for for this business or ever. Did did you start with WordPress? Did you start with something else? What for 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 teach, for teach better. Yeah, it was. So it was the gridmethod.com at that time, and yeah, it was. We built it on on WordPress. And I'm looking at the site now. Obviously, it's changed since the bucket of wings, but you know, right yes. at the top, it it does have the traditional what we now know as the Teach Better logo. Where did that mm-hmm. is that coming into to the story yet, or has that Teach Better logo been evolved, or where did that logo it, and, and maybe the colors and stuff come from? Yeah, so the colors and the diamond itself um, were the were originally the Grid Method logo. So originally it was the Grid Method, um, and then so then uh, that has stayed the same. It's one of the things that's that's kind of held is that when we started to realize that we were more than a grid method that um, people were starting to get confused between like, well, wait a minute, is it, is it a grid method thing? Or do you guys do more than that? Cause we did more than that because we, we figured out really quick. We're like, well, not everyone's ready for that shift that the grid method requires. Some people just want to work on how to break down standards. Some people just want to work on standards based grading. Some people just want need to work on some good, you know, management practices and stuff. So we started doing a lot more and people, even the people that are starting to do some work with us were like confused on like what we, who we were and what we were and stuff. And to make it even more confusing, the actual LLC is progressive mastery learning LLC, which like no one knows unless they get a check or they have to write us a check. Right. So it's like all this confusion and we're talking, we're like, yeah. And I, and I reflected back and I said, you know, since day one, Chad has been saying, he said on the very first day, he's like, I don't want to go into any teacher's classroom and tell them that they're not teaching the right way because that's not what I believe. He goes, I don't want to tell them how to teach. I just want to say, I'm like, hey, this helped me teach better. Maybe it can help you teach better. And like he also said, like when he had this wor- the worst year of his life, which is when he created the grid method, he had come to the decision where he's like, I either have to quit teaching or I got to figure out how to teach better. And so we had been saying teach better, but we didn't realize. And we're like, oh, so maybe it's teach better. And so I remember early on, we looked at Teach Better and looked at teachbetter.com and realized that it was a couple thousand dollars to buy. And we're like, well, I guess we're not going to go that route because um, it's so broad. So then we started working. This is Ray had come onto the team and Tiffany was part of the team. And um, and we were trying to figure this out. We're like, all right, like it's time. We need to make this shift. We are more than a good method now. We're trying to build something different than that right now. I think it's time. We invested in that in the in the uh the website in the the domain and um the teach better team part came because we were looking at the handles for social media and teach better was taken i'm like oh it's like oh it's like maybe it was free on one and it was open on one and but wasn't on the other like, well they all need to be the same and i have felt like hey like on the four platforms we're looking at my like, teach better teams available and chad's like yeah and like we're the Teach Better team, but everyone in our community is also the Teach Better team. And we had been together in a room for like eight hours, and it was like this weird, like, whoa, dude moment. We're like, yeah. And so that's where the Teach Better team kind of came from. Um, and so what we did was just pull that diamond off the grid method, and that was the thing that kind of glued it to the past, I guess, in a sense. 
and now the diamond has become sort of our thing, right? So like all of our, you know, the, the, the podcast network has a diamond, the bloggers have a diamond, the mastermind has a diamond, the speakers network has a diamond. Like, so you're, that's you're, the thing that, that brings the brand together. You're, you're getting ahead of us here for a couple of seconds. That's all right. You tell, you bring me back, brother. You're in control that's here. That's right. Cause I mean, I, okay. So you let I, me I, talk and start talking. I'll take us all over the place. So just, we, 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 <laughs> I, I, I'm learning a lot about you here and I'm learning that we've got some similar <laughs> thoughts here. Now, when I say that the teacher cast logo has stayed the same, it pretty much has it's an apple with a tc but it's morphed a little bit yep your diamond um same morphed different Uh, what's what's been the what's because so many people that we talk to over here on 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 the the jeff show is like all right i need an identity and i Mm -hmm. my story is simple i i woke up one day and i had apple mortar bore cc i'm very simple but it works for 10 years it works your logo so easy so identifiable by the way on one of my podcasts now so i'm looking at it every day um again is that the original did it morph what was the genesis of of that over the last six or seven years here yeah so it's uh, you make me think back to that with i love uh so the diamond is the same Okay. The difference is, is the difference is uh, the circle. So the circle wasn't there, you know, that, that encompasses the diamond that that that's new and, and really came about when we started doing multiple diamonds. So uh, the, 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 the genesis of the, the, the not the genesis, the, the morphing of it has been the colors to create the other sort of the communities within our our larger community. But, yeah, the diamond itself is the same. And the green. Your logo colors. Chad light. The bright green. Like, I mean, I wish there was something more to it, but there wasn't. I'm like, uh, it was... you had chicken and somebody brought a lime over <laughs> and you put the lime in the coconut. And that's no, it. you know, it was one. He, I mean, there was reasons behind it. He liked that it popped. Um, and it's but, different. but but being on, which is mixed with the you know the the sort of uh, the black and gray made it easy to then work into other things. But yeah, the green has just stayed. Um, I'm getting used to it. It's, uh, I'll be honest with you, and I'll say this on the show. It's kind of weird to look at the bright green hyperlink on a website, but it yes, works. It it's, really it's, works. And, and when I was building the site, was, that was one of my least favorite things in the world was those bright green hyperlinks. I'm not going to lie to you. It's, it's different, but but it stands out. And you know, I really like how it's, how it's morphed with the, the colors, and it's played really well with, with that aspect of what we do. You have been, and your team, very successful and we'll get into some of the more recent stuff here but you had this idea you you you've come up with the the grid method teach better all that stuff at what point in time um did it become serious at what point in time i I don't want to say profitable yet but i mean you know there does come a time where a plan has to be put in place there does have to be a time where okay how do we make money there has to be a time where you say to your your family yeah, I'm going to quit my job and do this. Or right, what, what, what was the seriousness looking like for you and, and, and for others? Yeah. So, so I think, when, so the plan for how we made money was we, we, we did that very well. We knew how we were going to, which was to, to consult and work with, with districts, um, not sell to teachers. We wanted to uh, market to teachers to, 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 become trustworthy with them and to share the knowledge with them because whether we ended up that end up leading to a district or not, we were at least further on our mission of helping teachers help more kids. But we did have, you know, we had a plan. We, we had a plan for how we would rule things out with districts, how we would run those workshops. Obviously we were just planning. We hadn't tried it yet. Um, 
And as far as the moment for, for me, particularly like when it got serious, uh, Chad and I were visiting a, a, this is actually, actually after Chad had already left the classroom, um, because the one of our first big clients that we got forced it where we had to pull him out in order to service them. Uh, but we are on a visit, um, uh, work with some teachers and we're in a classroom. I want to say, if I remember correctly, a seventh grade history classroom and, which I and I were just sitting in there and we sit down, I sit, you know, sit at the desk next to a kid who's just working and all the kids are all working in different spots and doing their thing. And this was a, uh, a teacher who had kind of fought the idea for the first half of the year. And then over break went, went, my apparently went ballistic at his, on his break and created all sorts of grids and laid out his whole second half of the year and was just killing it. He was incredible with zero technology in his classroom. Um, and I'm sitting next to this student, and I lean over and I said, Hey, I'm like, can I ask you a question? He said, yeah. I'm like, I said, do you like the way that Mr. Miller's changed his classroom? And he said, yeah, I really do. And the kid spoke very softly. You could tell he's very shy, had a very noticeable stutter in his voice and just kind of like, he was so like nervous to even speak to someone. And I said, well, what do you like about it? He said, well, I'm not as smart as, and he named off a kid. He goes, so I like that I can go slower and that I can try again because sometimes I need to try again. And he kept saying, because I'm not as smart as this or whatever. And he goes, and now I don't feel dumb and nobody makes fun of me anymore. Hmm. Chad and I walked out of the classroom and I, I shared that with Chad. I'm like, cause I'm like, you need to know what you've done. And I told him, I said, if, if it all falls apart tomorrow, it was totally worth it. And that was the day when we got home from that trip, I told my wife, I said, this is it. I'm cutting everything else off. Like this is, this is what I've been trying. I've been preparing for my entire life. I'm like, I don't know why this is it. <laughs> like what made this it, but I'm like, that's it. I'm done. And that's when, and it was when I made those decisions, I've always had like at least three, if not multiple more businesses going, like things going that I did to bring in money. And that I was thought that could be a thing. And this was the first thing where I cut all that other stuff. And that was when my friends and my family who have known me for years started to take notice. And they were like, Oh, it's not just another one of Jeff's things. <laughs> this is like serious right now. Uh, but that was, that was the moment. And you know, we had made some money at that point, but like, I'm pretty sure during that visit, like we were going to be out of money in about three months from there. So, um, so definitely wasn't at the point that it was profitable. It was at a point that I saw like we were, were do, we were doing something that was bigger than us trying to make money and bigger than trying to build something. I, I, I told you I'd, I'd ask you questions here. So I got to start with these questions here because this is a question that I get often, which is the, are you ever going to leave the classroom to take teacher cast full time? And, and my answer is always, are you kidding? I have health insurance that I need. Um, <laughs> obviously, you had these questions. Obviously, your partner had these questions. Mm -hmm. uh, care to tell us, how did you overcome those? Uh, if the answer is, well, my, my spouse had health and cool. But how did you overcome these little sure. things? Like, you know, you might get sick. And that's a, I mean, and Jeff, that's an incredible question, especially for the audience of, of entrepreneurs. Because that's something very, very real that they need to think through. Um, mm -hmm. and, and not to, I don't want to make sure I don't go off track, but like in the last five, five or six years, both my father and my father-in-law have both retired from their jobs. They both did very well for themselves. They both saved well, they planned well, like hardly any debt. Like they were ready to retire better than most people. And I watched both of them, two men who I look up to struggle for one reason with one thing and one thing only. And it was, Oh crap. I have to get my own health insurance now. So just know, like that's a, that's a, a really important thing for me. Much easier. 
because I didn't have it anyway. I didn't have that health insurance. I had I, I was already in the marketplace anyway, like get my own insurance and stuff. So it wasn't a big deal. Um, my wife had decent insurance at her job, um, which still covers her and the kids because um, she has an amazing boss that that has taken care of me, even though it's a small practice. Um, and I'm just in the marketplace, uh, like you know, healthcare.gov uh, is where I'm at. Um, so for me, it was a little easier thing. That was that was a big thing with Chad. Um, when Chad first made a leap, his wife is a, was a college professor, so they had they were able to flip. It wasn't as good, but it was there. Um, but they also took a when 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 Chad left the classroom. The way we broke it down was we literally sat down and looked at literally, and I'm not even I'm not exaggerating at all. I'm talking literally every single penny that left his household. And every single penny that would still be coming in, and we paid him one to three cents more than what they needed to not go under, and that's that. Was, and that's where we were at. And I wasn't taking any money at the time, but that was all we could do. And I remember when we did that, and he, you know, he, you know, he spoke to his principal. His principal was awesome. His district was amazing. With they were so happy for him, like that they, they knew the power that was in it. Um, and he came and he said, "Yep, we're good. Okay, let's go." And I said, "All right, buddy. We've got six months till we run out of cash." And he's like, "Whoa." Six months. I said, "Yep, four months." He's like, "Whoa, you just said four, you just said six. I'm like, "Yeah, I know. Three months, and we're out of cash, dude. Let's go." And that that's the that's the story I tell. Um, and since Chad jokes, like since then we've always been just when we run out of cash. Um, but it was a huge risk for Chad. He took a huge leap. Um, for me, I'd been taking. I I've left multiple jobs that pay me way more than we pay me now. Um, and I've left the security, but that's just, that was, that's me. I don't know if that's cause I'm reckless. I don't know, or, or dumb or just, uh, it just wasn't, I, I just always kind of figured that out for Chad. It was a big leap. Um, and I, th- I think back to now, I'm like, I don't know what the heck he was thinking, but, but we took that leap. So, but that was, that was definitely one too. That was the, was the healthcare thing. So my next question for you here, Jeff, is what makes teach better different? But I want to preface that first by saying, um, we we've been around for a decade now and we've both we've all seen um groups come up and they want to be consulting groups and they're working with teachers and students and, and school districts and they all are touting that they're google certified they're apple certified they're microsoft and they're all these you know and let me take your teachers and i'm going to build them into a level one contender and they've come they've gone some have stayed I don't see that out of teach better, even though we're kind of working together now in the podcasting network, I still ask the question, why teach better, right? Um, what do you offer? What does a school district need, want, look, use for all those different things? Um, why didn't you say we're going to be just another one of these groups that are going to be pushing Google, 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 like has been the trend so often in these other big groups? You know, we looked at that for a moment. It was a very brief moment. And honestly, I'm, I'm going to, this is going to sound so simplest and there's, there's no thought behind it. But honestly, we looked at that and then I'm like, all right, well, maybe I'll get Google certified. And I did that for a few minutes. And I'm like, never mind. I'm not going to get Google certified because it was me trying to take a course again. Um, but no, we, and that's sort of a joke, but not really. Uh, we looked at that, but that wasn't just our thing. We had our thing in the grid method. And as we saw more, more and more of the results, we're like, hey, this is our, this is our thing. And it's interesting you said, like, what's the, th- the, the makes us different? Um, and I'll be clear that I'm saying different, not necessarily better, just different. Mm-hmm. For me, you know, that's something that you hear all the time. As soon as you start something, if it's anything that's, 
connected to anything else like consulting or whatever it's everyone always asks you like well, what's your differentiator what makes you different what you know what's put you over your competitors and all that stuff for me for the longest time we thought it was and we said it was the fact that we did not do one and done so we were never shooting we didn't like the, a keynote has never been our end goal uh a breakout you know doing a 90 minute session or a one-off or even a two-day workshop has never been our goal it's always been to get into a, a relationship with a district and to transform the way that they teach and transform the way that their students think about their learning and it's a long-term thing and so we used to always say like that was it because we were so heavy and heavily invested in this support and follow-up i still think that's a, a piece of it but something that i've realized over the last 18 months or so um, and really through the pandemic is, for me, I think the biggest thing that differentiates us from a lot of other brands is the word family. Because when people come into a world, they feel like family right away. We treat them like family right away, and we build that. And our clients feel that too. And we become, we become much more than a service provider or a vendor to our clients. We become part of their family, part of their, their community. Um, and I think that allows us to then do a better job with them because we understand them better. They understand us better. We're able to play off each other's strength. And, you know, I think that's been one of the big, big differentiators for us as a brand. Um, strictly as a consultant piece, I guess, it's because, well, we don't really want to just consult. We want to actually go in there and get, get nitty gritty with the teachers and, and figure out exactly what's going on and, and build it. We don't do cookie cutter stuff. Um, but for me, it all comes back to family. And, and where did this idea of family come from? I mean, it, I, you know, rocky backgrounds for you. And other <laughs> I mean, no, because you so many of these people. And my first question is, you've got a superintendent who's crazy. You've got a tech director who's going nuts because of the budget. You've got health directors in a school district that are COVID crazy. I don't want to be a part of your family. I just need somebody to teach my teachers. How does this sure. whole thing work? What is the message? How, what are you selling? Um, you know, so many people out here who are listening to this show, me included, you know, a couple of years ago, I was selling coaching stuff to school districts and sure. I did for about a year and a half. It dried out. Um, I don't have that same drive to do that stuff anymore because my life is different. But what are you selling to, to, to school districts? How are you selling family? So for me, the difference is that I'm not, we're not selling, we're not trying, I mean, we, so it's, if you want to get, we are selling consultant services and professional development, but what we're actually building is we're trying to build a brand, not a consultant gig. We're not trying to build a coaching service, although we do coaching. Uh, we're not trying to build an online course business, although we have online courses. Uh, we're trying to build a brand that is connected with education and that people know that they can go to for all things that they need in education. Now, with that said, yeah, we sell, we sell uh, consultant services and, and training as well. Um, the family thing for me is just kind of how I've always been. I've always been a loyal guy. I've always cherished my friends and family. I've never, ever, ever looked at anyone as competition, which has also caused me a lot of trouble when I'm in positions where I'm supposed to be looking at other people as, as, as competition. But I just don't. If I'm a consultant and you're a consultant, for me, we're potential partners. Whether it becomes an official partnership or just a, hey, dude, if you need help, let me know. Um, which is why this weekend, Ray Hewitt, who's our CMO and one of our owners, spent like 12 hours live with us on Saturday. And she spent eight hours on Sunday after teaching all week and working for us all hours that she wasn't teaching. Spent six hours, six or eight hours, I can't remember what it was, on her Sunday working with people that are not 
part of our team that are actually with you know with that that are authors and consultants with other businesses helping them with their marketing because we believe that we're all that it's it's we're all trying to do the same thing there's plenty of plenty of fish out there for us all to work with and to to plenty of money out there for us to all, all to earn but for for us it's what we're trying to build as a brand i keep joking that like for me, I want to build a brand that if, if we wanted to, and for somehow we could connect it, that somehow this helped teachers reach more students, that we would put out shoes. Now, when I say that, then my mind gets going, I'm like, oh, yeah, like teach better kicks, like shoes for teachers who want to teach better. I'm like, well, I'm sure there's something there. We could probably figure out that like if we created the soles properly, they would actually make you more comfortable as a teacher, which makes you teach better. But my point of that is if you build the brand strong enough where people recognize that you're doing it for the right reason, that you're there to help them, They'll buy Teach Better Shoes. <laughs> Sorry, I went all over the place on there. I apologize. No, no, no. I look, I I I want it. I I'm here to get it and, and I'm here to pull it out of you. Um one of the things for me that's been a constant for the last 10 years has been what's on the top of my site. It says it's a place for teachers to help other teachers, and everything that I do has always been designed around that from the podcast to the the PD to the way that I run my coaching stuff to the way that we work together in our Voxer group. You, on the other hand, have a a a, a slogan on the top of your website that says developed by teachers, fueled by passion. Tell me about that. I'm, I'm not sure I can explain anything better than that. It's developed by teachers in the sense that everything we did was started by Chad. And one of the things early on that we figured out is that we had to build things and create things from the classroom out versus from the top down versus from necessarily the research down. It had to be stuff that was tested in the classroom. We had to work with the classroom teachers first um, in order to do it. And it's the same way when we work with the district, we tell them, no, you have to start with your teachers, not with your admins. Uh, it's why we market everything to teachers first, because if you get the teachers in there and they believe in it, it's going to work better all around. It's going to work better for you as a business, but all, more importantly, it's going to work better for them as teachers and their students. Um, and so for us, it was really important. You know, the majority of our team are all teachers for that very reason is that we love we, we want to build things, create things out of the needs that are happening inside classrooms. And feel my passion is the fact that it's just we're passionate about what we're doing. Um, and, and, and that's what fuels us and keeps us going. Is that something that was put on the website? Is that something like for me that, I, you know, my little phrase was developed literally on day one. Um, is that something that you guys put in there later? Has that been around for a while? Is that just, hey, that's... Yeah, uh, honestly, that was something that I I, I want to say that I I said that one time randomly, um, and, and we, I, it was actually put on. It was actually pulled from I believe from Teach Better Talk. We actually talked about it on there on the podcast, being created by teachers and fueled by passion. And we liked the way that that sound. It made sense for everything else we did. I can't remember exactly when we added that to the website, but no, it was not a it was not an early on thing. Um, it uh, it was definitely probably made a last. 24 to 36 months that we had on the website in any kind of like bold stated fashion, I guess. I love that you just said, I'm here to build a brand and you're doing that with an amazing core group of people. Um, let's explore that, right? You've sure. got teach better um, speakers. You've got teach better podcast, teach better the breakfast cereal. You've got all these different things going on in here. Um, I'm waiting for teach better the flamethrower. I got to be honest. With you. <laughs> all if right. I, if okay. I see something 
some equipment, you know, when I when it, when you're doing the live Boy. show, I'm I'm looking forward to this year. Um, obviously, you had your core, and then you decided, all right, let's do these things. How did that happen? Did somebody come to you and say, "Can I do this?" And you said, "Sure." Was this strategic? What was the first? What was the first arm that decided to grow out? Uh, so the first was was the speakers. Um, and that was actually me talking with someone who's, uh, a pretty sought after speaker in education. And I was talking to him, um, cause we had, a, I had had some conversations with uh, a couple speakers bureaus that were um, interested in, um, grabbing either Chad or Ray or like trying to grab the group or whatever. Um, as we were growing and I was talking to him trying to figure out, I'm like, Hey, I don't like the, like the deals that they're throwing at us. Does this make sense? He, he worked for the bureau. I'm like, what do you think? And he had nothing but awesome things to say about his bureau, but he's like, cause I don't think you guys should do that. And I said, why not? He goes, cause you guys can just do it with you, like your team. He goes, you guys should be doing that for other people. I'm like, huh? And that just kind of stuck with me for a while. And I kind of let it whatever. Um, but then as we thought thought about it more and more, I'm like, oh, like, you know, that's interesting. That's kind of like a record label that I used to have and a promotions company that I used to have. I'm like, oh, like, I love doing that. I loved helping musicians chase whatever they were trying to chase. And so we started talking and we were talking to someone else and, they're, and we're like, how can we help you? And they're like, oh, well, I'm trying to work on on this. I'm trying to build, you know, change, uh, build my brand. I'm trying to, you know, get in more places, trying to do more speaking. We're like, oh, maybe we can help you there. And we had it, and we just kind of started. We kind of went from there. We're like, okay, I think we're going to go ahead and launch a speakers bureau. We can start, you know, representing some speakers. And that was the first kind of part that happened. Um, podcasting kind of sort of happened the same way, in a sense of it was something that I thought about. I'm like, really love podcast, as you know. I'm like, you know, I, I meet with random people on podcasting, and I've been podcasting for a long time, and like all this stuff, and. And I enjoyed it. I'm like, oh, I wonder if that's something we could help people with too. It's just like to represent some podcasts. And then Josh Stamper came along and I like randomly mentioned it to him in passing about that. And he's like, I've wanted to build something like that. He'd actually approached a couple other people about it and offered to build it and they didn't bite. And I'm like, oh, let's do this. Um, from a business brand um, standpoint, both of those networks are a way for us to increase our reach, increase our um, expertise, and increase our capacity without increasing our bottom lines. Um, from a mission standpoint, both of those are opportunities for us to raise voices and hopefully impact more teachers and therefore impact more students. And they both have potential to be other revenue streams too. So there's a lot of different facets to like, facets to like what they could be. And in addition to that, you've got a, an academy, you've got a blog, you've got swag creators, you've got um, a, a, an ambassador program, I hear, that's all over the place right now. Um, for anybody out there who is looking to build something and to gain that reach, you know, um, what advice do you have? I, 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 I always go back to remind who went to ISTE one year with boxes of bright blue t-shirts. And next thing you know, everyone's wearing remind shirts. And mm -hmm. then next year they're like, you know, they're signing $40 million seeds and stuff like that. Not that those two things have anything to do with each other, but the fact is you've got to get brand awareness somehow in order to, you know, sure. everybody needs to know who you are. Um, talk to us a little bit about that philosophy. How is it working? Um, how are you getting your name out there successfully? Let's just say. Uh, so for us, we, um, you know, it's been content. We built everything on the back of the content Inc model. Um, 
which is if you which is create a lot of content that provides value and and push it out as much as possible and continue creating as much as, as much as you can you know we started with with right you know putting out um two posts every month and that increased to four and this month we're putting out 64 or 65 or something like that and that doesn't include any of our podcast posts because our podcast is also you know put out i don't know 25 30 episodes a month as well but just written posts we're gonna be at 65 this this or 64 this month of april um but that's also taken six years to do that that's uh so so my advice to to anyone is to is kind of twofold of one be patient uh two take your time and realize that it's going to take a lot of work and a lot of effort and it's not going to happen right away. And when it does happen, it's probably not going to happen. Then again, it's going to come up and down. And and I like to remind everyone, like I tell a story a lot about how like we wrote that, like we didn't get our first, uh, often on and you'll, you'll probably appreciate this. We didn't get our first often on our, from our website. So, which means someone said, Hey, that download or whatever that is like looks good enough to give you my name and email we didn't get our first one until month 13 14 mm. of chad and i working day in every single night from 10 p.m give or take when the kids went to bed till you know one or two a.m when we fell asleep and then getting up and he was in his classroom and i was trying to build another business to to survive um and it took us I think it was month 14. It might have been 13, whatever. 13, 14 months. It took a long time. That's a, and it, my, my favorite part about that, that's what I'm like, guess what? In month 15, it's not like they came roaring in and turned into leads. Now, we had created, we had generated leads in other ways and we had business in other means. But like just from that, the content piece, which is what I told Chad was going to work, like took a long time. Um, but that's what it does. It takes a long time. You can you can speed it up if you want to drop a bunch of money in, a, in advertising. But my so my 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 advice is to take your time, and be patient, and, and to know that it, it takes a, a long time to to do it. And it takes a lot of work and a lot of effort to do it. But patience is is huge in my book. While you're on this topic, let's pause here and talk about some of the back end stuff. Because sure, I recently started putting ask the tech coach content onto the teach better website and Mm -hmm. i heard this myth that that it's a busy website and i had my co-host sue put everything together and work with josh and i noticed there was a few things in there that i wanted to fix and then I, i went in the other day and i'm going oh like i'm sure my content will be up on top because we're new it was like three pages into your WordPress site because of all of this scheduled content that's coming up. Um, that's amazing. I'm so I- impressed with this. Break this down for me. All right. We're just going to do a couple of rapid fire questions. Tell me what, tell me why the philosophy, um, your websites on WordPress. Um, why? Who's your host? All that back end stuff. Give me the little, here's the decision. To- sure. To do this. Uh, built on WordPress because that's what I've been building sites on for um, for quite a few years prior to. I built on a bunch of different builders and random things after after pre- uh, originally learning how to write code. Um, built on web- WordPress because I like the um, the flexibility of it and the ability to expand beyond the basics in the future. Uh, hosted still hosted with GoDaddy. Um, primary reason for that is because that's who I was hosted with, um, <laughs> and it's really a pain to, to move. Uh, with GoDaddy, I like the fact that they're they're a they've been around for a long time. They're stable, and although it can take you a long time to get to the customer service, it's typically pretty good once you get there. Um, we yeah, hosted with um, with GoDaddy. That's also where we get our, our domains as well. 
Uh, what what else you got? What were the other ones? If, if I can stop you right there, because sure. I, I want to hit the other question on here, and I'm not asking for details at all. Sure. Um, approximate cost of your hosting. I'm asking because you and I both know people say, I see $299 hosting. Can I go build my website off of that? Um, thoughts, yeah. recommendations. What do you guys look for? Why, why GoDaddy and not $299? Uh, so ours... So I, when I first started building WordPress and, and with GoDaddy was, it was really, really cheap. I don't know if it was $299, but it was cheap because you, well, you, didn't do, you didn't need much. So most people, most websites can start off on whatever the lowest plan is. And like I say, I said to GoDaddy, there's a million of them sites out there that do it. I don't know. I can't remember who you host with, Jeff, but there's a ton of sites. There's, there's probably 50 different hosting platforms that I've never heard of that are great. And they have great rates. Um, so for us, we've had to increase... Um, based on bandwidth so you know how much traffic is coming to the, to the website how much stuff do you have on there um how much you know how much how many resources and how much resources are you using meaning the files that are on there i mean you got to you know every image you put on every blog image you put on every character you type in a blog that's all data that's being used so you have to have enough where they can not only store it but also deliver it and put it out fast enough which is something that we're continuing to work on because the site's not as fast as we want it to be um so where are we at now i'm we have a dedicated server with them uh which you can start off with shared which is always going to be less expensive so do that um Honestly, Jeff, I'm not sure I can tell you how much it is. Right. It's a couple hundred bucks that we pay every year. But, but that, um, that's a good number, right? Because several hundred dollars. Are, I mean, I'm, I'm writing the chapter on this part of the book right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. You don't go out and, you know, you get what you pay for is essentially where. You, you do. You get what you pay for. But, the, but I think they're really important for most, most people uh, that are starting like a blog site, you know, basic coaching site, whatever that might be. You don't you, you don't need much more than than the two ninety nine package the cheap the, the the not I don't want to say cheap that's not the right word the inexpensive package right you can start off there because then you can grow that's uh, how they build their that's how they build their business is for you to grow with them so for me the biggest thing you should look for is is the is the customer service good is the user interface good do I know how to get in and change my domain or you know adjust things on the back end and if that's set then that's where you should go. I have been a GoDaddy customer <clears throat> in some form for probably going on 20 years at this point. Is that who you host with? You host with them? Uh, my domains are there. My website's on podcast websites, but I went from GoDaddy to Bluehost, and, and then I outgrew that, and I moved over to podcast websites. Gotcha. It's just nice. Um, yeah. You mentioned email marketing. Uh, yes. We've talked about this in the past. Um, I'm a ConvertKit guy. Teach Better is being run off of what and why. Uh, active campaign um, because we've we started with Mailchimp, uh, outgrew that in a bit, and actually moved to um, I believe Aweber was from there. Mm -hmm. um, I think we made a brief stop at ConvertKit in their earlier days, uh, and in the back to campaign, honestly, the why was because they were a young and up and coming company. <clears throat> I liked what they had done and what they were trying to do, and they had a lot of components that were similar to HubSpot. Um, and as an agency owner, I used HubSpot a lot with a lot of my clients. I was a, a white label with them. Um, and so I really loved their suites, but HubSpot is ridiculously expensive and we weren't there and we could do a lot of the same things within active campaigns. Some of those things I'm talking about is like the automation, the, the easy, uh, easy, uh, automation and, um, 
multiple lists and being able to website track and, and they even have a built-in CRM and, and, and all of these things that, that I wanted but was too far out of our reach financially. After campaign had a uh, our lower price range, a lower starting range, we were able to get in there. So we've been happy with them. Um, there was some growing pains because they were a new company and honestly we stayed because we were there and I'm like, hey, we have a lot of automations. That'll be a real pain in the butt to to transfer over you know exactly what i'm talking about yes. um but now that now like for the last several years i've been like no i'm so glad that we landed here i'm really really happy with them and the growth it, it's the thought of going into every single post <laughs> and changing short links oh uh, no kidding it's it's can we write in every single email and every single uh, uh, automation I, and funnel I, yes i i just got dinged and i don't want to <clears> say <throat> how much for my convert kit and it's just like well if i move there's time is ours yeah. <laughs> that's, all, that's all it is. is time when, is hours. When we when we moved from AWeber to Active Campaign, I don't remember for sure, but I think we had somewhere around like fifteen or twenty different automations that we had moved that had anywhere from five to twenty five emails in them, and that was just. I mean, yeah, you're right. The time. So, yeah. be aware of where you're going. Find it's, it, it. In my mind, if you plan on building something, it's worth going in somewhere that might have might not have a free plan but has a lower end paid plan that you can grow with well okay say that right you you said i outgrew just d define that for everybody i mean obviously yeah so you, you can have five hundred thousand people in, in an active camp like so what does outgrow mean so for me it was is um and mailchimp's one i go to so I'm, I'm i'm a fan of mailchimp i recommend them a lot i think because they have a nice free plan and it works the problem is you can have one audience and audiences synonymous with list which means you have one main list and that's it which is great if you're just going to pop off email list but if you want to build by creating content and creating premium content where people are going to give you a name and email you're going to create multiple lists because you're going to deliver different things based on those lists and they got to be delivered and um what we found out really quick was with mailchimp as you needed to go up it jumps up to 9 14 and then flies up to 300 dollars a month and you're like whoa what just happened on Active Campaign, I could get that $300 a month value for the $49 price. And so I could jump over. And there was other features that were not available on uh, MailChimp. So what I found out with MailChimp is that MailChimp is one of those that's really good for small. But once you have to grow, it gets really expensive really fast. Yeah, I'm looking at the prices here versus what I'm paying for ConvertKit and... Yeah, and I, I, I don't remember what convert kit. Where do they? I don't know where that starts at. What do they have? Like a nine, like a ten, fifteen dollar range? I can't remember. Uh, or I they start up higher. They, they, uh, they just, but but ConvertKit's another one where, regardless, you might start a little higher, but you get in a lot more to start. Yes. Which means you're going to have those, oh, we have to grow now. Those are going to happen less, and it's not as painful. So I, I'm I'm well you know. over ten thousand on my news newsletter, and it's yeah, it, it's pricey for all these different. It, things. it gets it gets very pricey, yeah. The nice thing I would say about email marketing is it takes you, uh, you know, if you if you don't know what you're doing and many new people don't, it takes you a while to get to that 2000 mark. So even oh, yeah. with ConvertKit, I think it's a thousand or 2000 is like where their free tier is. There's no automation, okay. but at least you're in their ecosystem. Gotcha. Um, yeah. You can do a couple of years before you get to 2000 people. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm making a podcast. I just want an email list. Dude, ConvertKit's great. MailChimp is always what I recommend also. Um, all of that different stuff. Now, um, let's kind of 
turn things and talk about the future, right? You know, okay. I know you're growing the ambassadors. I know you're growing the speakers. I know you're growing the podcast. You're doing these live shows. I mean, I could have you guys come back on and, I, and, and you know, I'm just going to say this for all of my audience. I'm only really doing this show so I can get Ray on in, in, a, in a future episode. Right? Like, <laughs> I think know, everybody knows that. Yeah, yeah right? I know this. I always know that, Jeff. I mean, it's, I, it's that's the same thing I, I would. I, you notice I, I went through the boss level. I had Josh on first, and now I have you. You like it's a real boss. I get it. Totally get it. Totally get totally it. Totally on. She's there. she's pricey, Jeff. She's very pricey. Um, just live, live video. Yeah. Right. Like like. Well, notice also in the show, Jeff. You've 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 said some nice things about her. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pull these quotes and Instagram <laughs> them just to her to make sure that I'm, I'm I'm doing my part here. I'm trying to build I, her I, new brand, by the way. You're you're going the right. You're, you're taking the right route here, man. I'm 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 with you. I support you. I'm 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 trying as I start a private Voxer group with her just just to get on this here. Um, <laughs> you're on a, a, like live video is there. You're always. I mean, I, again, you did an hour on Saturday just on what kind of coffee you guys were drinking based off the shirt you were wearing. It was what? a half hour. It was a half hour. It did feel like an hour. <laughs> It was eight o'clock on the East Coast. Let's just put it that way. I, I, I wake up, my eyes are groggy, and I get a notification that says Jeff Gargus is live, and I'm like, <laughs> and then I hear, and then I get another notification, Ray is live, and I'm like, I'm there. What is it about all this Streamyard video? Like, what are you? What is the hope? What is the use? I don't tell me it's brand awareness. I get that, but sure. Every five minutes, there's some Teach Better live thing going strong. And I respectfully say, my God, you have an audience, and I love that. Tell me a little bit about your live strategy. So, so it it is. I mean, obviously, it's brand awareness is and everything, but um, it, you know, if it goes into the content again, I mean, it's creating as much content as possible. Live video gets better reach than recorded video. Live video gets better reach than a picture. Live video gets better reach than than text. Um, but even beyond that, from purely a Hey, it works better reach, you know, because our the platforms are telling us you should do more live video. Um, beyond that, it it connects us to the people, uh, to the people that are watching in our audience, whether it's five people that watch or five hundred people that watch or whatever. It connects us to us in real times. It it brings our faces to the brand, which makes our brand more real, which makes our brand again, like I said before, more family. Gives us an opportunity to interact with people. Gives us another opportunity, like something like the twelve hour live on Saturday, gives us an opportunity to. Um, have some other people on and, and raise their voices and raise their brands. Um, it's just, we also really like it. We really have a good time um, with it, which is, you know, there may or may not be starting to go live five days a week sometime in the near future, just every single morning. Um, but yeah, it's it's reach, it's brand awareness. It's it's creating content and value. We want people to know that, hey, we're we're here. We're here. We're creating value. You can check in on us every now and then. We're, you know, we're going to be here. It's similar to like, you know, I don't know if you've ever, uh, Jeff. I'm not sure if you've if you've ever participated in like our mastery chat before, um, which we announced on Saturday is we're officially changing to hashtag Teach Better for the Teach Better chat now. But we've lit- we've been doing it for four years. And we've literally never missed the Thursday, Thursday night at eight o'clock Eastern time. Where we run that chat. We've done it on Christmas, on New Year's Eve, on New Year's Day, on Easter. It doesn't matter because we want people to know that hey we're here and we're going to be consistent we say we're doing a chat we're going to do a chat every single time we say we're putting out podcast episodes we're putting out podcast episodes um and 
live is another way for us to say like, Hey guys, like, Hey community, Hey family, we're here. So the website is teachbetter.com. He is Jeff Gargis, Ray's right hand man. Is that right? Is that the way of putting it? Sure. <laughs> I'm good with it. I can only be so lucky. Jeff, I want to say thank you for, for not only being open, being honest and all that stuff, but you know, really helping us build our EDU brands on the back of what has been an amazing last seven years or so for you guys. Um, what do you want people to take away from you guys? Like, you know, you've got the podcast, you've got the speakers, you've got the, the PD, you've got all that stuff. What do you hope people are taking away and, and as they're experiencing the teach better isms of, of the social media and of everything else that you guys are working on. You know, when we really, really early on, I think it was, it was a good method. It was before we became teach better team. Um, Chad used to always say, he still says all the time. He said, he says for every problem that is in a classroom, there's a solution in some other classroom somewhere. The catch is we just haven't figured it out yet or we haven't shared it yet. And so one of the things that we truly believe in and that we try to push is, and I kind of touched on it. Like, I think, I think I kind of touched on it. Like, I don't see the competition. We see us all together trying to do something bigger than ourselves, which is to impact more kids and change education. And we're not going to do that because we're some special team that knows everything. Cause that's just not the truth, but we have a chance of doing it. If we can help bring more and more people together to do it together. So for us, I think the biggest takeaway take is that not to sound completely cliche. Cause I know it's going to sound that way, but like we really are better together. Like we're stronger to, together like that. And if we come together and we find more ways to support each other and to share value with each other and for the right reasons, like we can make an actual change. We can make an actual impact and we can actually make a, a difference. And that's what we're trying to do. As an entrepreneur, what would you consider the best advice you've ever been given? If you focus all your time and energy on helping other people, you turn around one day and find a big pile of cash behind you. But he vanilla. wasn't talking about cash. Uh, vanilla, chocolate, or other? Chocolate. Apple, Microsoft, Google. Apple. iPhone, iPad iPhone. Um, Craig Federighi iPhone or Scott Forstall iPhone? I don't know that I know the difference, Jeff. Ah. Educate me. Forstall was the uh, was the lead of the team and by the time he's he got in there he was the one that was actually creating all this all the views that actually looked like real uh -huh. paper looked like you know that whole skeuomorphism sure. of it's real whereas when scott left and craig took over it was nope flat everything flat and and see-through and oh i like craig then yeah kind of like craig is all that stuff okay yeah interesting that's all I got. I got, I mean, I, I, we, we could go on for another hour or so. Um, but I, I, you know, thank you so much for being on here, helping us build our EDU brands. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to, uh, hanging out more as, as ask the tech coach is now part of the teach better podcast network. Um, yes. of course we, we all have some things in common between our, our Twitters and our, 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 our Voxer groups. And of course, Josh Stamper, doing amazing graphic work for both of us shout out to josh and all the great thing he's doing yes. over on the inspire podcast um I'll, I'll give you the floor here 
last thing that you want to be sharing with all the podcasters, speakers, writers, bloggers, content creator, anybody who's out there still listening to this show, what advice do you give them as they are out there trying to build their EDU brands? Be patient. It's, it's simple and as difficult as that. It's just be patient. Be patient in, in, in how how your list grows. Be patient in the ups and downs. Be patient in trying to monetize your audience. Just be patient. It takes time. And patience will save your save the day. So huge believer. And finally, tell me a little bit about a wonderful book called One Drop of Kindness. With Jeff Kubiak? With Jeff Kubiak. I said that you're recommending it on Book Authority. I I did. Uh, So Jeff, well, first off, Jeff Kubiak is just like one of the the nicest, most genuine guys you'll ever meet in your life. Who, when you meet him, he embraces you like you're his brother because you are. And I just love that guy. Uh, One drop of kindness is just a is just a book about how one simple drop of kindness can can change things and uh it's actually something one of my thought one of my daughter's go-tos we pull it off the shelf every gosh probably at least every couple weeks if not multiple times um highly recommend it not just for um necessarily reading for your kids but great for your classroom and honestly i think there's a lot of adults out there and i need to read it as well so Mm -hmm. The website is Teach Better. He is Jeff Gargas, the COO of the amazing company, and he has been building his EDU brand, and he's out there to help you guys do it. Don't forget to check out everything over at teachbetter.com. And Jeff, my friend, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Absolutely, brother. I appreciate you. And that wraps up this episode of the Jeff Bradbury Show. If you guys are out there and would like to have your podcast speaker brand, author, anything like that is featured on the show. Would love to have you guys on a guest. Don't forget to check us out over at buildyouredubrand.com and don't forget to check out all the great stuff that's over there on the TeacherCast Educational Network. So on behalf of Jeff and everybody here on TeacherCast, my name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you guys to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students. You've been listening to the TeacherCast Educational Network, hosted by Jeff Bradbury. Please reach out to the show with all of your questions on Twitter at TeacherCast or online at www.teachercast.net. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And please take a moment to write a review in the App Store.